2: All right, My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonor Cavoda. Hello, Leonor.
0: Good morning, Scott. So, so
2: we're going to do our literary corner today at the end of the show. What are we going to be talking about today?
0: Well, we're going to continue with the question that you posed in the last show about writers and drinking and creativity. So we're going to talk a little bit about John O'Hara, who we had spoken about before, but we're going to talk about other writers. And actually, John O'Hara stopped drinking. Um, and 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 was even more prolific, but we'll we'll talk about that more when we get to the section.
2: Okay, yeah, because I was wondering, like Fitzgerald, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, O'Hara, there's a whole there's a whole list. They but, all had major drinking problems, but And those are the th- first three that we talked about. But
0: there's also equally a list of people that didn't drink at all. So you know, yeah. that were great writers too. Yeah,
2: no, but you know, you hear about this, you know, yeah. every every great like Kirk Cobain or you know all these great artists. Um, goes cutting off his ear. You know, uh, um. <laughs> they're tortured souls. It seems like in order to be great or creative, you have to be somehow tortured. Right. You know, that's uh, the sad question. Is is the dichotomy. point where
0: the the sadness and to your point, the sad dichotomy. The question is, to at what point does the torture create the art? But when does the torture interfere with you being able to actually oh, produce a definitely it? There's a fine line. There's, there's a, a fine fi- line. You know, there's a fine
2: <laughs> line between love and hate. Yeah. Yeah. Um so it's not much different. Life yeah. is a very delicate thing. It is. Right? All right, so we, so we should a, cherish it. <laughs> absolutely. And the way you get there, uh the way you end up cherishing something is is with gratitude. In your absolutely. Got to have gratitude in your life. You got to be thankful for even the littlest things. Um and that will help you appreciate uh What you have. And um, because, you you know, the thing is about life is you can never, ever keep up with the Joneses. Whoever those Joneses are, you know, you can never keep up with it. Have you been watching the Gwyneth Paltrow? Speaking of someone who has it all.
0: You know, uh, I've been watching snippets of it and I've been watching a lot of the uh, writings about it. And, he, and he, it's, a, it's a bizarre case. And just so the, the listeners know what we're talking about, uh, in 2016, a, a man named uh, Terry Sanderson claims that Gwyneth Paltrow skied into him and caused him to, what is it, four fract, uh, fracture four ribs, suffer some type of uh, uh, concussion, maybe some minor brain damage. She counters and says he skied into her.
2: And so they have cl- conflicting reports, conflicting witnesses. And here's the thing. She's worth tens of millions of dollars. Um, and you wonder, um, the guy first started suing for $3 million. He Yeah,
0: it was $3.5 About, And I think it took him several years to even bring the suit. This
2: happened in 2016, February of two, early 2006. We're talking about seven years, more than seven years. Yeah. And... All of a sudden, this is ending up in court, and over what they're going to get a measly three hundred thousand well, by the time this guy's done he's it's going down to, to three hundred thousand he's yeah. probably going to get about a third of 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 everything uh you know because all the expenses associated with this right so if he's working on a contingent basis, i mean if he's suing for three hundred thousand dollars and wins, he might come home with a hundred grand
0: maybe yeah. at the, at the, at this point yeah. and she is she is counter-suing uh for a, a symbolic a dollar and payment of her legal costs yeah wow which i think her legal costs could be significant so oh, i don't think yeah. it's I, I don't think legal this is costs, nothing
2: but her lawyer doesn't seem to be that great He had to apologize <laughs> anyway you know for um Being rude to the uh, witness. But this trial
0: will continue for a few more days. So we shall see.
2: Well, you know, somebody who also may have gotten into a ski accident and uh, got hit in the head or something is Joe Biden. Because somehow Joe Biden, and this is the Democrats, you know, this is the Democrats for you. The Democrats, they are like, I like babies better than people. Newsflash. Babies are people. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, they don't look at babies as people. They look at babies. A pedophile looks at a baby as an object. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, there's a lot of new trending going on about um, Ashley's diary and things like that that were happening. Ashley Biden's diary. Yes. Here, let's take a listen to this. So this is just so stupid. He's such a moron. Really. Honest. I like
1: babies better than people.
2: And he gets a big laugh, big applause. You know, and, and the way that was, was he was in the West Wing. And a baby cried out. And he said, no, that's okay. I like babies. And then big applause, right? And they kill more babies than, you know, he's advocating for killing more babies of than course, anybody Of course, abortion on the planet. and everything, yeah. And so for him to say that and get this applause... It's just basically a bunch of platitudes. See, these people that don't believe a word of what they, they 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 speak so altruistically. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just speak with platitudes and just ugh. Like love is love. You know. I was watching. I, I was walking by a a person's yard and they had a sign out that said Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> You're yeah, sure. Um, they, they also had uh, love is love and uh and and it was a whole series of
0: but the love is love is the uh lgbtq line but it was the whole you
2: know just it was the whole thing it was like about eight different um ticket items slogans slogans yeah that represented every category you know uh, and that's the, uh,
0: and that's part of what happens with all the indoctrination is we've uh, reduced education to slogans.
2: And, you know, I uh, posted something up on my social media and it was it was London, England in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you could do the same thing. I love these uh, vintage videos where yeah. a person's driving their car down the streets of New York City or San Francisco or wherever. Yeah. And you see. A couple of things. You might see Brighton Beach. You know, there's some uh, videos of Brighton Beach in Brooklyn, you know, and stuff like that. And you see these photos of these people. A, they're all thin. Yeah. B, they're all dressed up neatly like they take pride in their appearance. Yes. And C, they're walking straight. They don't have their pants down below their butt or, you know, they're, they're not. Um, they're not doing the pri-
0: they're not doing the prison garb. Yeah, as as, as, as Tom, Tom Wolf pointed out, the the, the men with that with the pants below their butts you and uh, no people, belts.
2: D- a lot of people don't know that the hairdo the the do rag. It's yeah, and the pants below the waist. Come from a prison?
0: It's from prison. You're not allowed to wear a belt in prison. And uh, so basically, you know, the prisoners started doing this, and then it, it got, hit the streets, and then the kids in the Ivy League st- schools started so doing what's it. what's the
2: do-rag about?
0: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I, what the do-rag is. Yeah. But uh, but that look, it's, it's the prison garb.
2: I think the do-rag may have been also um, about, like, uh, when you go to Compton or somewhere, and you're wearing like a hat from a different gang. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe.
0: But
2: in any case, uh Biden thinks that somehow babies and people are not the same. Ah, okay. All right. So yesterday there's a lot going on in on Capitol Hill. There's TikTok,
0: one, TikTok, yeah, there's
2: TikTok, <laughs> there's Janet Yellen, there there's the the economy is in free fall. We're getting soldiers shot in Syria. Um which happened uh, Iranian drone shot you know, some of our uh, personnel in Syria like what are we doing back in Syria again we all know the answer to that we know it's the, about the oil that's running into Europe and it's a competitor to Russia's North Stream pipelines and we know all that's going on there I mean we have literally pushed Russia into the loving arms of China And gave China a more dominant role in the world. China, our number one arch enemy. And the only thing we could do to kick them in the teeth is ban TikTok. Yeah. Which is another committee hearing, right? And again, it's so ridiculous. So, you know, we're going to get to Ukraine. We're going to get to TikTok. And and we're going to get to Yellen today. And we're also going to be doing our literary quarter. So we have a packed, packed show. But let's take a listen to this uh, Representative Lesko exchange, because it's kind of interesting. Let's take a listen.
3: Uh, Ms. Lesko for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Chu, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population?
4: Congresswoman, you, if you use our app and you open it, you will find our users who get all sorts of content. That's not my question.
3: My question is, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population?
4: Well, it's deeply really concerning to hear about all accounts of human rights abuse. My role here is to explain what our platform does abusive. on this.
3: It's a pretty easy question. Do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population?
4: Congressman, I'm here to discard TikTok and what we do as a platform, and as right. a platform we allow our users to freely express All their right. views on this issue Earlier and any today, other issue that matters to them.
3: Well, you didn't answer the question.
2: Earlier today, uh, okay. Ms. Le- All right, so there's the question, right? Uyghurs, China has slave labor camps called, uh, and they are incarcer- incarcerating these Chinese Muslims called the Uyghurs they're pretty much located like on the western side of the chinese china mm-hmm. uh, country and um and so the, you know they're not too far from pakistan and, and and afghanistan and some other countries uzbekistan and things like that but um you know that's kind of where they migrated from i guess um and they're considered to be you know prisoners of of uh and slaves, You know, they've put in, been put in slave labor camps. But wh- what's new about China? I mean, China yeah. uses its people as a commodity. Yeah. Um, and that's all it's ever done because that's an asset for them. They have 1.5 billion people mm-hmm. and they want to put them to work, right? And so there's a lot of manual labor that could be had from that population. Same is true in India. And... You know that's why I always said about the Paris Agreement. The Paris Agreement, uh, you know, is is just a a way to to basically get um, to uh, ban manufacturing in the West, to green light manufacturing in the East. I mean, that's that's in essence what it is. It's a ruse. It's a trick. They're they're playing tricks on us. They're not saving the world. They're not reducing the carbon footprint for the world. What they're doing is they're outlawing and restricting manufacturing in the West in, a, in, the, in the name of altruism. Yeah. right? They're trying to just basically say, aren't we good? We care about everybody on Earth. And when John Curry stands up there and says, we are a part of a select group that cares about the world. We just are special people. That's all it is. We're special so, you know, I said better question for Lesko would be how climate initiatives that restrict Western manufacturing, globalist politicians paid by BlackRock and their corporate media who are also paid by the corporations under BlackRock, like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, and like every country, every large company in the world, because... The largest companies are the multinational corporations that are funded and financed by Vanguard and BlackRock, and those are the big investment companies that are in bed with Klaus Schwab and do business with the politicians from around the world that help get DAs like Alvin Bragg or um, you know, Krasner from Philadelphia or any Soros yeah. DA or... Anything to help them get elected so that these investigators can turn a blind eye to election fraud, which we were seeing in Maricopa, which again, we, they just had a big win in Maricopa. The Supreme Court of Arizona said they're going to have to revisit the case uh, related to signature verification, which I think is going to be a huge, uh, huge possibility. For overturning that election, believe it or not. So there's a lot of this going on. This Paris Agreement is all about saving the world. And Greta Thunberg, who got her degree in Finland for theology or something, you know. She has a she, degree. She does well, they're giving her an honorary degree <laughs> the honorary even she degree. That's go not to
0: that's not a real degree. That was the funniest yeah. joke and she the will, person so famous for not going to school. Yeah.
2: And she will never ever um, go against China. Why because China is considered to the globalists a developing nation right mm-hmm. and that's what's happening is is that China gets the green light on manufacturing and it streamlines the um, the uh, not the Silk Road the uh, but the uh, basically the uh, new the Chinese uh, Chinese Supply chain um, initiative, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the road, <laughs> the uh, something road, yeah, yeah, initiative, Chinese out of China, and in any case, you know, it's all about corporations dictating the terms to the politicians. Climate be damned.
0: The but, silk, the Silk Road the, was a network the, of Eurasian yeah. trade routes active from set from a, uh,
2: during the Ottoman Empire. from
0: the cent, second century BCE until the fifteenth century.
2: Yeah, I know. There's a new one to, called the, uh, uh, not Silk Road, but, uh,
0: but but that word has that term has been used to, for more contemporary reasons.
2: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I get it, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I wish I could remember what it was. It's Somebody
0: a, will write it and tell us yeah, how, how much yeah, you want yeah. that.
2: Yeah. Well, in any case, uh, but basically, they greenlight China. China gets the um, all the manufacturing, and the corporations profit from it. See, yeah. they're profiting from the slave labor. Let's face it. I mean, as is Apple profiting from Chinese slave labor? Foxconn and all that. They are. Of course they are. And, um, you know, so we know that that's what's in play here. And this whole new world order, though, is Biden really screwing things up, in one sense, because once BRICS, uh, once this marriage between China and Russia occur, um, you're going to see a new dollar standard. They're already pushing that. All the trade that's going, China is going to seize the opportunity, because we have a complete and totally compromised idiot in the White House named Joe Biden. But the better question from Lesko, instead of pounding away uh, at whether or not this guy from TikTok is going to acknowledge um, that there's slave labor going on in China, and he dare step on the toes of the Chinese, uh, of the CCP. He doesn't want to answer that, obviously. And um, we're not going to take calls right at this moment, but um, sorry about that. Um, but here it says, better question from Lesko would be how climate initiatives that restrict Western manufacturing, globalist politicians paid for by BlackRock and uh, and their corporate media uh, are the root cause of the Uyghur slave labor camps. It's the Paris Agreement. Granted, that granted China the developing nation status, so Lesko would be better off asking a question like that. And do you agree that uh, the climate initiative is pushing uh, is is advancing slave labor in China? And I think that the answer would be an overwhelming yes. Yeah, I also replied and said Lesko's question to TikTok CEO makes for good theater, but. It's worth mentioning the reason why TikTok is under attack by politicians is because TikTok doesn't hire American FBI, CIA, and State Department officials to spy on Americans like Facebook and Twitter do to impact the and rig the elections. See, to me, that would be a better question. The better question would be that the reason why you're seeing this bipartisan effort to overthrow TikTok or ban TikTok, as all the globalist nations are, is because the globalists control Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Meta, you name it, they control it. And when they control those platforms, like we've been revealed, like like has been revealed By Twitter and the Twitter files, we know then that what what is actually happening is that TikTok doesn't include the State Department and the CIA and the FBI and the politicians into their little games. They're actually including the CCP. So our politicians have gotten together and said, well, they can't let you know they they're doing the same thing we're doing, but we can't let them have all the fun. Right. So because it's the CCP and the CCP goes, says, go fly a kite. Not only that, but the double whammy to this whole problem is that TikTok is pulling customers from Meta or from Facebook or from Instagram or from Snapchat or from Twitter because now, look, again, I never use this TikTok stuff. I, I've never had the app on my phone. I, I also agree it's a spying tool
0: it's a security risk But nationally. they all are. No, they no they, they they all are, but you know what the problem with TikTok is and the, and a lot of people have said this particularly with the youth, it's very um, addictive because they suddenly feel like movie stars cuz they create all these TikTok videos and people are seeing them. So it's it's the things that people are doing on Facebook and Instagram on steroids. Well, and that and it's very very addictive to I young people. I don't think people. they're
2: offering anything that you can't do on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Or twitter for that matter. yeah
0: well for some reason from what i understand is that it, it is so in tune to everything that you're doing that it's constantly showing you things that you're interested yeah. in and and let me just finish my point as adults we can decipher and say aha it it, it figured out i want to go buy a car aha it looks like i'm gonna buy i want to buy a condo as a kid it's like oh wow this understands me and you they can't and, and when you look at the number of hours that people are spending on tiktok what is it Adults spend almost an hour. Kids are spending, uh, teenagers are spending an hour and a half a day on it. I mean, it's a lot of time.
2: Oh, it is. The Belt and Road Initiative, by the way. Oh, right,
0: that's it. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, not the Silk Road Initiative. The Belt and Road Initiative. Ah, whew, I can continue off the show, folks. What is the Belt and Road Initiative of China? The Belt and Road Initiative is a massive China-led infrastructure project that aims to stretch Around the globe, some analysts see the project as a disturbing expansion of Chinese power, and the United States has struggled to offer a competing vision. Boom. That's it. Wow. That was bugging me. But thank you for that uh, commentary as well. No, so, so, you know, think about it, though. Anytime you got to worry when, when, when they, you have a bipartisan support of Ukraine, what, what ends up happening? Yeah. Fraud. Money laundering, right? So when you have this bipartisan commitment to oppose TikTok, you don't see the, the Democrats stepping up to oppose Twitter uh, by, uh, censorship and Twitter biasness or, or Facebook for the same thing. No. No, you don't see them doing that. And you know why? Because they benefit from that.
0: But they also... Scott, let me just add something to what you're saying. Uh, They also... There are a lot of Democrats that are benefiting from TikTok because you've seen a number of people particularly from minority communities speaking up and saying that if you shut down TikTok, you're being a racist because they get so much business from it. And
2: those politicians that are saying that have already sold out to China. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. They've sold out to China. So they're
2: getting donations from China.
0: Well, they're getting that. And that's
2: what you're going to see. You're going to see politicians speaking up but they're not doing they don't have the same control over tiktok as they do they're they're only reacting to a a, a hundred thousand campaign donation
0: right. i'm also not just talking about <laughs> politicians i'm talking about business people right. small business people yeah
2: and the same thing you're going to see the media and and a whole bunch of other people be bought out to say the right things for on behalf of china right and that's what i'm saying but no i'm talking about the difference between tiktok you could talk about Section two hundred and thirty and some other stuff, but the difference between TikTok and and Facebook and Twitter is that Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey at the time, this is pre Elon Musk, Musk yeah, um, were in bed with our intelligence apparatus, absolutely, and an investigative arm, and they were rigging our elections. And so I responded to Lesko and I said. Bipartisan attacks against TikTok reveal politicians, FBI, CIA, and State Department officials object to platforms they do not control and who diminish the number of users on American platforms they use to manipulate people and rig elections. I'd rather the CCP have my data than the government that is locking up my J6 comrades at the White House for rallying to protest against election fraud. Right. I mean, it does get to the point where you say enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes. That old you know? expression. You could almost say that you support Russia because you know how evil globalism is. What? And you know that the conflict in Ukraine is, a, is, is about Russia versus globalism. Right. And China has aligned with Russia and BRICS has aligned with. As an anti-globalist G7 type of deal where BRICS and G7 are in direct competition with each other now. And frankly, I look at the G7 Justin Trudeau's and Jacinda Adern's and the um, Klaus Schwab disciples of the world and Joe Biden, for example, as a bigger threat to my existence and my freedom than any of these other adversaries. And, like I said since the very beginning, just because I don't support the Ukraine investment of money laundering and fraud and the killing of innocent people be at the hands of an aggressive NATO and at the hands of an aggressive globalist movement that's destroying our freedoms and indoctrinating our children in school, then. What I'm saying is just because I don't support that doesn't mean I'm in love with Vladimir Putin. It doesn't mean I'm in love with the CCP. And frankly, I'm a little bit disconcerned about where it is that I can turn in this world if I ever do want to get the hell out of Dodge and go somewhere where I could feel free again. Yeah. And I don't think there's a place on in this world now that exists like that. Do you?
0: Probably not. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: good. That's real good. Yeah, real good. Yeah, real no,
0: but but it's it's interesting what's 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 going on with all this. Uh, I you know I kind of I hear your point about TikTok and you know versus uh, you know Meta and yeah. uh, Twitter et cetera. But I also am very <laughs> concerned about the indoctrina- indoctrination indoctrination well, of young people.
2: What I don't like, and I wish our politicians would step up uh, in a bipartisan way, but you'll never see this, is TikTok for Americans is like cancer for the mind. Yeah. TikTok in China and Singapore and wherever else is much different. It's where you learn piano lessons and and learn different languages and mm-hmm. learn math and uh STEM uh skills. But here in America, we have these equitable black teachers with nose rings, lip rings, Teaching our second graders about all kinds of crazy stuff, whether you're a boy or a girl. Non-binary second grade teacher says she taught students that a person can be born in a body that doesn't match their gender. And some people aren't a boy or a girl. I, I could play clips like this all day, but this was one that took the cake. This is a second grade school teacher. That we're hiring in our school system, it's time to completely dismantle the Department of Education if they're going to allow this crap to indoctrinate our children, number one. Number two, she's on TikTok. And this is the kind of thing that's banned in China, but allowed by our liberal leaders and our globalist leaders in America to to indoctrinate our children.
3: So, uh, I had an interesting conversation with my students the other day because we were talking about, uh, the civil rights movement. Um, and if you're someone who doesn't agree with, like, kids learning about transgender people, please just scroll and keep your negativity to yourself. So we were comparing the civil rights movement to, um civil rights that are being fought for today, and comparing how people are fighting for these things. Of course, we compared um, issues coming up with race, because that is most directly connected to the civil rights movement. But in a video I shared, they discussed that civil rights are being fought for many different types of people to make sure everyone has the same rights. They mentioned fighting for rights for people of color, for women, for immigrants, and lastly, they said, gay, lesbian, and transgender people. Now, many of my students already know about gay and lesbian people. Um, But they didn't understand what transgender meant. Now, with my students being second graders, I had to make sure that my um, lesson was um, appropriate for that age group. Simply said that a transgender person is born um, in a boy or girl body, and then in their heart, they know that that doesn't... Yeah,
2: in their heart. In their heart. It's not science anymore. It's in your heart, like what you feel. Right. Well,
0: you know, it's uh, ridiculous. That, that
2: had another minute to go. I just couldn't listen no, to No, it's ridiculous.
0: It. I, I just want to interject something. When I was a child, I saw probably about 10 or 11. We saw something um, at school, a video where they talked about hermaphrodites, about people that are born with male and female chromosomes. And they showed a picture of that uh, of a hermaphrodite baby having a yellow blanket instead of a pink for a girl and a blue for a boy. And I remember alert hearing that this was something that happened very, very rarely, yeah. but it happened as a result science now suddenly everybody is confused about their gender yeah yeah
2: well you remember that um uh democrat from texas uh black woman that has like the big cowboy hat yeah oh
0: that's not uh, what's her name i i know frederica who you mean. Wilson. Uh, no, yeah frederica cool. yeah
2: wilson all right so she basically is saying this that our teachers are sacrificial lambs that the parents uh, well yesterday there was a Parents' Bill of Rights uh, being hashed out in committee. Democrat Representative Frederica Wilson says that the parents' Bill of Rights would terrorize teachers. Huh? How disgraceful
3: we want to terrorize the very people who love our children, keep them safe, and educate them for over eight hours daily. Our teachers are sacrificial lambs. You will never eliminate public schools. We will fight you as long as it takes. How does great.
2: So she's defending public schools because the public schools are pretty much run by the SEIU union. Yeah. Very powerful union. And basically that's their army. And uh, to indoctrinate future voters. It's a whole mission.
0: Exactly. And And the whole issue with this is, and there's long been a history of this in other countries like Russia and Germany and other places where the state would control your children. That's why they started kindergarten in the first place was so that the state would get the children early cuz you know so that's what it was and people were being and so and you know we saw this with uh Terry McAuliffe during the 2021 election for uh gubernatorial election in Virginia where he basically said that parents should stay out of their kids education and and he he said that and he lo- and he lost an election that he was on target to win because he said that because parents didn't weren't going to accept this nonsense that they shouldn't have a role in their kids education and that the state should control it but this is a dangerous orthodoxy And this is, but there's a long history of it, and it could happen if we're not careful. While we're sitting
2: around talking about TikTok and the China threat to TikTok, you got um, Governor Whitmer from Michigan, who won by election fraud, um, basically uh, uh, selling to China $700 million in taxpayer um, funded.
1: a, a Chinese battery plant. Let's take Ch- China is buying up land across the country, Farmland including ag land. Yeah. But some states, this is so perverse it's hard to believe it's real, are helping the Chinese government replace American manufacturing as well. The governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, has gave more than $700 million in taxpayer money to fund a massive Chinese battery plant in Big Rapids, Michigan. Residents there are protesting this. Tudor Dixon ran for governor of Michigan. She's host of the Tudor Dixon podcast, and we're honored to have her join us tonight. Tudor Dixon, thank you so much for coming on. This is one of the stories It's hard to believe. It's real. How, how could Gretchen Whitmer have gotten away with this?
4: Well, how did she get away with this? But how is it not a bigger story, what we've recently found out? Because we gave the, the state of Michigan, lawmakers and Gretchen Whitmer have decided to give this company $715 million in taxpayer dollars. But in the company bylaws that are on the company website, it clearly states that when they get to Michigan, they have to have a CCP organization on site, a Chinese Communist Party organization on-site, a propaganda arm of the CCP right in the center of the country in Michigan, one square mile of CCP in the center of Michigan. And that has to influence the grassroots of the corporation. So think about that. They have to have the CCP there. This is in the bylaws. Clearly, the lawmakers and Gretchen Whitmer read these bylaws. You would have to say you would have to know what the company's operations are going to be. This is nowhere near any of our car manufacturers, any of our automobile manufacturers. So what exactly are they doing in this rural area in Michigan? But to top it off, we now know that about 250 to 300 will be housed at the local university. they Chinese nationals. These are not going to be American jobs. They're bringing Chinese nationals in to take these jobs, and they will be housed at the local university where the local university has just so happened to be telling people this is such a good idea. You have to have this corporation here. So, how much money are the Chinese going to give the local wow. university?
2: So, yeah, I mean, it, it, one argument would be well, we invested in this company to put Michigan Michiganers back to work. Yeah, no, no, they're hiring Chinese people. Oh my goodness, this is a and Georgia's been doing this for a decade now. Georgia, that's uh, why that state is flipped. It's, it's absolutely stunning and crazy. Here's just another uh, Tucker clip. Holy smokes, China strikes major partnership with Russia, but nobody seems to care. Let's take a listen to this.
1: Let's pretend for a sec that our country had a news media that was interested in bringing you the news, not in lecturing you about your moral inferiority. You're so bad. Or lying to you in transparently obvious ways. January 6th was an insurrection, guys. Or even enforcing you to repeat whatever childish slogan they've come up with this week. Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. Okay. Trans women are women. All right. Say it or else. Let's imagine instead that we live somewhere completely different, in a country where the media felt obligated to tell you what was actually happening in the world and why it matters. What stories would we be talking about right now if we lived in that country? Well, here are the first two. Earlier this month, Iran and Saudi Arabia, the two most significant powers in the Muslim world, announced that after generations of proxy wars and snarling hostility to one another, they will be resuming diplomatic relations. Peace has broken out between blood enemies. As recently as last year, very few would have thought that could happen, and now it has happened. And it's happened, and here's a significant thing from an American perspective. It's happened because China, not the US State Department, but the Communist Chinese government, brokered the deal the world's largest atheist state has halted religious conflict between two theocracies did you see that coming probably not but there's more yesterday china's president xi turned up in moscow to announce a new partnership with russia going forward russia will supply much of china's oil and natural gas vladimir putin also agreed to use chinese currency in trade with asia africa and latin america once again Holy smokes. As with the Iran-Saudi summit, very few people imagined anything like this could happen just 18 months ago. Quote, change that hasn't happened in a hundred years, Xi said, is coming, and we are driving this change together. Now what change was Xi talking about? Well, the end of American global hegemony, the end of the US dollar as the world's reserve currency. For 100 years, he got it right, since the close of the First World War, the United States has been the preeminent nation on Earth. For 40 of those years, we were locked in a cold war with the Soviet Union, of course. But at no time, no matter what they may have claimed, was there ever really a question about who was the most powerful country. We were the most powerful country. It was the American era. That era just ended, a little over two years into Joe Biden's presidency. But amazingly, no one in this country seems to notice that it happened. That story is not leading the news tonight. Instead, we're arguing about whether or not to arrest Donald Trump for a fake crime to keep him from running for president again. Over at the White House, our St. president just gave some sort of medal to a sitcom actress, presumably for her bravery. You read those scripts so boldly. CNN is covering that story like it's the moonwalk. On Twitter, meanwhile, people seem excited that our vice president has sent a letter to a transvestite TikTok star called Dylan Mulvaney, who is famous for dressing like a six-year-old girl. Kamala Harris is very proud of him. That's the news we're getting. It is Weimar, but dumber.
2: We're living in a very strange world. And, you know, I, I can't help but think about uh, Donald Trump wanting to bring Russia, advocating to bring Russia into the G7, making it a G8. And that would have locked in Russia to be more of an ally yeah. than a foe. All right. And we would have had more carrots to play rather than sticks, which sticks are tanks, guns and missiles. To kill people, we would have had carrots. This war in Ukraine, uh, this conflict of ideas in Ukraine could have been wrestled with peacefully. It could have been figured out at a conference board with pens and paper to figure out an equitable solution to an uncompromising situation, you know, or they, someone would have to make a compromise. But it could have been done when we, if we would have been able to, um, to make it worth Russia's while financially. Yeah. Um, And and uh, and so, but we didn't do that. We don't. we, we don't have any leverage over China, and the sanctions clearly haven't worked. I mean, Russia has surpassed Germany for the first time. With GDP. And for the first time, BRICS is actually stronger financially than the G7. And that they have more people, they have more supply chains, they have more manufacturing, they have a new uh, monetary standard. And in the age where digital currency is inevitable, which I oppose, but yet nevertheless inevitable, we are doomed as a superpower and it took how many years like just two years of this liberal concept and the reason why is because we had eight years under obama doing this crap to us Mm -hmm. and when you think about it the republicans that we had in office since reagan since the 1980s they've all been globalists They've all put America last. This is the problem that we're facing right now in America. Is that Herbert Walker Bush, the super spy CIA agent that tried to assassinate, I believe, tried to assassinate Reagan Mm -hmm. in his first 69 or 63 days. That I think was involved in the JFK assassination. That I think has engaged in coups around the world got involved with a whole bunch of uh, 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 international conflicts. And and then we had Clinton. We had Herbert Walker Bush. We had Clinton. Then we had W. Bush. And then we had Obama. And if we didn't have them, the insurance policy was we would have had McCain, who's just as bad. Maybe he would have picked Lindsey Graham to be his vice president. You know, well besides uh, uh, what's her name,
0: <laughs> uh,
2: the Alaska woman.
0: The Alaska woman, you mean uh, Sarah Palin? Sarah Palin, yeah. The Alaska woman. <laughs> I can know. see Russia from my house.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but really, you know. So, so think about it. We had Reagan and we had Trump. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. That's not enough anti-globalism to win the war against globalism. That's not enough. And that's where we are. And here we are with uh, spending 4.7 trillion more dollars. Let's listen to uh, Senator Kennedy ask Janet Yellen about this.
1: Um isn't it a fact that the president's proposed budget proposes 4.7 trillion dollars in new taxes?
2: New taxes. It does it
3: does, it does. propose significant additional taxes. Yes, 4.7 yes. trillion.
2: She's looking. She's studying.
3: Something like that, yes. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> okay. We think it is? that. Um, isn't it a fact? We think it is true. We're going to raise your taxes $4.7 trillion. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Constitutional Subcommittee Chairman Representative Mike Johnson lays out the case on how the FBI colluded with the Biden administration to target parents. Let's take a listen. We welcome everybody. To- Actually, we welcome this, this everybody is, to today. This clip is way too long. It's seven minutes. I thought We have a- the
0: literary corner.
2: Yeah, no, no, we do. And uh, and also, Senator Malcolm Roberts in, Ro- Roberts in Australia says uh, that Australia should not cede its sovereignty to the WHO, WHO, due to the organization's corruption that generates billions of dollars for its owner, Bill Gates, and because Tetros is an evil killer tied to a terrorist organization. Of course, we know this, but... Tedros nevertheless gave his speech and was trying to figure things out there. Uh, The Washington Times uh, reported, this is their headline, vaccines don't work, masks don't work, everything government told you, told us about COVID-19 was wrong. Are they going to get censored and banned? Maybe not. Who knows? Um, Also... Mickey Whithoff, Ashley Babbitt's mother, after meeting Speaker McCarthy, said she thought that the Speaker McCarthy was delightful. They talked about Richard Byrd, who killed and murdered in cold blood Ashley Babbitt, and who knows, maybe they're going to call um, Ashley Babbitt's, Babbitt's mur- murderer, Richard uh, Byrd, to to the stand uh, to uh, testify. That would be great. And one other tweet before we go. Elon Musk, a major driver of depositor flight, he says this, a major driver of depositor flight, that's you withdrawing your deposits from banks, is people moving money from low-interest savings accounts to high-interest money market treasury bills accounts. This foolish rate hike will worsen depositor flight. Actually, um, that's true. This is going to crush the mid-sized banks Who basically uh, are going to have to sell off their treasuries, bond their bonds, at at a loss to make room for the deposits? Because what's happening is people are withdrawing their their money from the banks because they're not getting enough return on their investment, and they're putting it in treasury bills, which are going up in value because of the rate hikes. So they're taking them out of one place and giving them uh, investing in another. And that's crushing the mid-size level banks, the regional banks, which is inevitably going to cause a banking crush. All right. So now we got Literary Corner. And, uh, Leonora, this is your section of the show where you get to talk about literary You're things. Right. And
0: I want to, I'm going to bring up something that you might, you might find interesting. Sure. So anyway, we're going to continue our conversation from last week where we were talking about the very prolific writer John O'Hara. John O'Hara – Uh, Like many writers, and you posed this question last week, he... for a long period in his life had a significant drinking problem and he i mean there are, there are stories about how o'hara would go somewhere and he'd check into a hotel or he'd stop at a bar and he'd wake up and he'd call the front desk and you know and ask them what day it was what time it was because he'd be confused and and he but yet he was still extremely prolific and you asked me the question about when did he stop drinking and what, and, you know, what type of work did he produce after he stopped drinking? He actually, O'Hara, who was born in 1905 and died in 1970. So he died at age, uh, he, I think he was almost uh, 65 when he died. He, um, Quit drinking in 1954, shortly after the death of his second wife, Wiley. And um, I'm sorry, her last name was Wiley. And so he um, he and he basically um, let, you know, the, he was so broken up about that that he stopped drinking. And he was ex- still extremely prolific in those remaining years. Uh but I wanted to bring up some of the stories about people who do drink. Now, you, one of the writers that you really like a lot is the short story writer, William Sidney Portner, also known as O. Henry. And he once famously said, Yeah, Porter. But, yeah, so yeah. I said, William Sidney Porter, also known as O. Henry, you know, the gift of the magi, the, ca- uh, the cop and the anthem, you know, all those stories. He famously said, Combining a little orange juice with a little scotch, the author drinks the health of all magazine editors, sharpens his pencil, and begins to write when the oranges are empty and the flask is dry a salable piece of fiction is ready for mailing so this is the idea that drinking you know helps you to be a better writer and while o O henry may have said that the truth is most of the writers that were drinkers would be drinking, they would find a way to, you know, get their work done and then drink later. So when you, so you, you would hear stories about uh, Hemingway or uh, Fitzgerald drinking excessively, but they would have to stop drinking at some point to actually put pen to paper. And so it, it, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting conversation because the torture that people feel in their soul. Which leads them to be vulnerable to addiction. I mean, this is an age-old story. Artists sing or musicians, well, right?
2: Songs are told from a broken heart perspective. Exactly.
0: So some <laughs> of these people soul. that become victim, who become prey to drugs and alcohol, are the people that uh, you know who, who are creative. They're incredibly creative. But where does the fine line happen? Where you, you're sitting there writing the masterpiece. Because of all this pain, that makes you also at the same time uh, addict, uh, vulnerable to to uh, addictive uh, substances. But then, but then, what? Then, then, where's the fine line where you you fall apart and you can't complete the masterpiece? And that's what has happened, also. So, uh, so it's very interesting.
2: Well, didn't Fitzgerald have an incomplete.
0: Uh Fitzgerald's last book, uh the Lo- the Lost Tycoon or it's also was last known Tycoon. as The Love of the Lost Tycoon oh, was Lost incomplete. Ty- Lost
2: or Last Tycoon? Uh
0: The Last Tycoon, it was it had it's multiple titles. It was either called The Last Tycoon or The Love of the Last Tycoon. Okay. And that book was in infin- was not finished at the time of his death, but it was published and it was also published with some notes about what he intended in the book. It probably would have been almost as great as The Great Gatsby. And I've read that book multiple times. It was his book about Hollywood. Now, Fitzgerald was an incredible genius, an incredible creative person, great use of language, etc. But he struggled with addiction. And But I found the O'Hara story to be very interesting, and that's why we're talking about it, is O'Hara was...
2: What was the name of your article that you wrote? That was perhaps your best... Piece that my article, the name yeah. of my
0: article uh, about John O'Hara.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought that was your masterpiece.
0: Yeah, uh, um, but
2: but you you write a lot of great articles, and but this one was over the top.
0: Yeah, I mean, my so my article about John O'Hara was about how he was. What was the title though? What was the date, title? I don't even remember the title, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have to look up the title, <laughs> but um, because I because it was changed, uh, mm-hmm. the novelist whose conservatism robbed him of. Fame. That was the name of it, and uh, and the subhead was John O'Hara was a prolific and recognized author until his support for Barry Goldwater changed everything. But what was in what was interesting about, about O'Hara was O'Hara was simultaneously a really prolific writer. He was a person who would write and rewrite and rewrite, and he would produce all the stuff. Yet at times he was a insipid mean drunk and he'd get into fights with people and all that but then when his second wife died uh, bell died uh bell wiley and he named his daughter wiley um after the wife's um, made a name he quit drinking and he had had another 16 years of writing
2: well mark Wahlberg, uh, another artist yeah said he doesn't drink he works out every day like he has a real tight regimen uh says this if you don't like the USA, please leave and take your comrades: Alec Baldwin, Cher, Madonna, Rosie, Jennifer Lawrence, Miley Cyrus, Mark Ruffalo, Sean Penn, Robert De Niro, Barbara Streisand, Matt Damon, Oprah, Colin Kaepernick, and the whole lot of rich losers with you. The U.S. has an open door policy that swings both ways. Leave the rest of us alone to rebuild our nation. As it was intended by our forefathers.
4: So
0: wait a moment. Is Mark, is Mark Wahlberg uh, on the left or on the right? He I'm... just
2: said that. So, so he's
0: telling them to no, all leave. Yeah. And I think Donnie. His that's bro- a bold move. And his brother Donnie, who blue was uh, on blue, bloods, blue bloods, bloods, he's a he's a conservative too. Yeah.
2: But that's a that's a really bold move to to do that in Hollywood. Yeah. But he's already you know he's already achieved great success. Mel Gibson too. Is a conservative, and um, you know, pretty much has has reached his his milestones and mountaintop. But uh, and then only then can you actually come out and say what you want. Like John Voight, you know, his career was pretty much over when he started to really reveal his true self.
0: His conservatism, yeah. Yeah, So that's when they cancel you. Well, that
2: lends truth to the idea, though, that there's a lot more conservatives in Hollywood than meets the eye.
0: Absolutely.
2: Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And um, be sure to check out magapac.org and... Buglecall.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Also, use Red State over at MyPillow. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor And I will see you next time on the radio. Bye bye. a small
0: town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C.,
1: but close now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mounds getting steeper, and grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper,
4: just to bury my kids right up to there.